Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, all you listeners out there in Real Presence Radio Land. Welcome to today's installment of Real Presence Live. Your hosts today are myself, Jack Canelli, and my lovely, talented wife, Doreen. Good morning. And, and we're happy to have you. It's kind of a gray day here in Fargo. We hope uh, maybe somewhere there's sunshine out there in our listening area. And um, uh, I guess we can look forward to even a little bit of rain later this morning. I well, think. it was raining on my way over here, and it kind of made me chuckle when I got this meme from a friend. Can I read it? Certainly. It says... Look at this weather being all springy and cute, like it didn't just try to kill us last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll probably try and kill us today when it turns this mush into something really nice and slippery and slidey around the intersections. But anyway, I, I think it's nothing we're not used to, and we can't you know, we can't get through it. But uh, we got a good lineup for you today for all you listeners. We're happy to have you with us, and uh, as usual, we will start with a. Prayer and today is the feast of the holy innocents, martyrs, and we thought we would take the uh, the collect from today's mass. So let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, whom the holy innocents confessed and proclaimed on this day, not by speaking but by dying, grant we pray that the faith in which the faith in you which we confess with our lips may also speak through our manner of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And we also want to send out a, a special prayer today. I was just advised that uh, apparently uh, Pope Benedict has been taken ill, and that must be in the news. And so uh, it must, uh, I, I guess it's probably serious enough uh, that uh, I think a prayer would be in order. So let's say a, a memorari, and if you have any Friends or relatives that are sick, well, we can include them as well. But let's begin. Uh, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Okay, well, I guess uh, a couple of housekeeping announcements I'd like to take care of. We'd like to uh, recognize our friend Debbie, who is, uh, I guess you would say, celebrating her retirement today. And, Day number one. And her loving husband, Doug, brought her out to breakfast. He actually forewent the, uh, his daily uh, association with the Table of Wisdom and uh, had breakfast with his wife. I think that was nice. It was quite a sacrifice on his part. Well, no, it probably wasn't a sacrifice at all on his part to have breakfast with his wife. I'd rather have breakfast with his wife than with the guys that I have coffee with. What about me? Well, you too, but that goes without saying. <laughs> you sit with his wife. I know, but I'm just trying to... Well, anyway. Debbie is so sweet. I know. You know what I'm saying. 
I love you with all my heart. <laughs> okay. And even beyond. Likewise. Also, congratulations are in order for the uh, the Diocese of Fargo seminarians who took home the trophy in the Collar Classic last night. Apparently, they were trailing the uh, the entire game, but they came back in the last quarter and they won by four points. Uh, we think that maybe one of the factors was that the the priests of the diocese only had eight people on their bench, while the seminarians had 16. And so I think, uh, I think uh, the old adage about uh, age and treachery winning over youth and exuberance every time does not hold true when uh, <laughs> the age and tre treacherous ones are running out of steam. But congratulations to the seminarians. I think I think this was the first collar classic in about three years because COVID kind of tied things up the last couple of years. I don't know, but it was. I think they broke a tie of the number of wins that the priests have had and the seminarians have had. I think that they now have taken the lead in wins, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Well, in any event, congratulations to all you young men out there for your noble effort on the, on the hardwoods last night. I'm sure it was a well-fought battle. So anyway, enough of that. Let's get on with our first guest. We're happy to have, and he's no stranger to Real Presence Live. We've got... Uh, uh, Christopher Dotson of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, and we're going to be talking about uh, the new legislative session, you know, speak in terms of life, education, families, free speech, and religious freedom, all sorts of stuff. So welcome uh, back, Christopher, and can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, uh, good morning and Merry Christmas. Thank you. To everyone there. Thank you. Um, I'm the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, an attorney by training. We handle the public policy matters for the North Dakota Catholic bishops, and I have been in this position since 1995. Wow. <laughs> You've seen a lot of changes in your time, haven't you? Um, yeah, it's like the old saying, and there's, there's, you, you see changes, and then you see the same things over and over again. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, can you... Um, you know, I guess, can you give us a little update about uh, where we are with the, uh, I, I know in the Catholic world, the overturn of Roe versus Wade is, you know, uh, big on the political scene. Yeah, so quick update, and I know this is very quick for a complicated legal issue. Um, after Dobbs was overturned, um, two statutes in North Dakota could go into effect. One is what is commonly called the trigger ban, and the other one is the um, heartbeat ban. The heartbeat ban was enjoined in federal court back in 2013. Um, but presumably, it could go back into effect now that uh, Dobbs has overruled, overruled uh, Roe and Casey. The other one is the trigger ban that was passed in 2007. And the way North Dakota law works, those statutes are supposed to both go into effect and be construed in harmony with the latter enacted, which would be the heartbeat band controlling wherever there would be an, um, an overlap. So the trigger band was sued in state court, and we're still dealing with that. It is before the state Supreme Court. The issue there is whether the state constitution has a right to an abortion. We're waiting to see what the state uh, court says they could decide the issue or they could send it back for um, the trial part to continue its uh, course. And the heartbeat ban, the attorney general moved to lift the injunction, but he first had
had to move to reopen the case. The judge uh, did not reopen the case, so the Attorney General has appealed that to the Eighth Circuit. What does so that mean? Both of the um, which which one? <laughs> <laughs> so is that good news or yeah. bad news? <laughs> yeah, we're we've got, we got two. Th- yeah, we got two laws who want to go into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are still held up in the courts. The attorney general is fighting on behalf of the state of North Dakota and unborn life, and the, but the people enacted. So it's just legal processes take some time. So, during, so I'll, I'll go to the next question. During the legislative session, it's very possible we're going to see legislation that um, combines the two laws, uh, makes the definitions consistent, and simply, um, basically, it's a cleanup and solidifies what the legislators already intended to pass. And that's the only prohibition on abortion uh, bill that I know about that could be introduced. Okay, so basically, it sounds like the, the, the state is trying to simplify these two laws so that uh, uh, we, we don't have to be fighting on two different fronts at the same time? Well... We're still going to be fighting some legal battles. Oh yeah, they don't stop on the other side. So, right, uh, uh, but it might clarify. It would clarify some of the questions people have out there. If both laws were to go into effect, you know, without any legislative action, let's say the courts ruled on our side, mm-hmm. um, it would do the same thing as this bill, basically, and that is all abortions would be prohibited in North Dakota except for rape and incest in the first six weeks, and. Uh, life of the mother and serious physical impairment to the mother uh, throughout pregnancy. How is it determined? That's what's Excuse me. Does the, does the law say anything about um, about action taken against a rapist? How do you prove a woman's been raped? I mean, what does? I mean, any woman can walk in well, and claim to be raped. Yeah, but they. Uh, there's really no evidence of that because, um, you know, we have that situation now with some rape and incest things, and other states have. It, it doesn't happen much, and oh, also okay. they have to have some uh, believable story. Um, now, you, we could change the law, but basically the law does not require a conviction of the oh. rapist. You know, that would that would take too long, I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the baby would be well-born by that time and walking around probably. Um, so, but it does require that the facts be presented as such. Now, um, we do this at Catholic hospitals all the time. Um, we determine whether or not somebody has been a victim of sexual assault. We have protocols in place to determine whether someone is lying or not, um, and, and what the strategies are. We do this all the time at Catholic hospitals to determine, uh, whether or not they should receive emergency contraception before a fertilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no. it's it's just something that can be done. It's not right. a, it's not a big issue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the the North Dakota legislature seems to be very much you know in in, in you know pro life in its in its approach to all of this. Do you, is uh, do you think that is going to continue through this next legislative session? Uh, yeah, the numbers are very good uh, for the pro life movement. I but the focus is on abortion prohibitions, what I just said, not really to do anything new, but to focus more on just solidifying things and looking at what we can do to help pregnant women and children. Uh, and there's a, a, a whole 
package of bills that the conference has proposed that numbers that legislators are very interested in to help women and children in those situations um, uh, from a variety of uh, angles, different different approaches, uh, dealing with the poorest among us and changes we can make in Medicaid, um, tax uh, proposals such as the tax exemption on diapers, how to help adoption agencies and pregnancy centers. Uh, there's about seven or eight bills. Okay. It sounds hopeful. Yeah, it sounds sounds hopeful. And, uh, yeah, it's like uh, the idea that uh, it's not just a matter of banning abortion, but it's also a matter of uh, let's let's help the, these women and their and their children as well. What about the fathers? Is, uh, there, is there anything, uh, you know, on, you know, in the uh, works to, you know, somehow support and encourage fathers to be, to take on the responsibilities of fatherhood? Well... One thing that the abortion alternatives program can do is involve fathers at, at the pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things we have to change is uh, the current program does not help uh, mothers and fathers after the child's born, and that's really where we really got to get the father involved right. if, on, on a new family. And so we're going to approach that legislation to see if we can fix that. That's wonderful. Well, in addition to abortion, I'm sure there's all sorts of other things that you're going to be following in this next legislative session. What about uh, religious freedom issues? I know that's that's a big one, I think, particularly in the healthcare arena. Well, I think this is the time to finally pass the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which uh, provides greater protection for religious freedom. The majority of the state and the federal government have such protection. North Dakota does not. Really? North Dakota prisoners have that protection. Um, but the average North Dakotan that's not in prison, so in other words, prisoners have more religious freedom protection than you and I. So um, that's something I think the time is right for. I, and I, 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 I really hope we can get it past this session. Well, we're, we're, we're coming up on a break here, Christopher, but uh, I think uh, let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, the, the religious freedom issues when we get on the other side of the break, because uh, I'd like to kind of explore a little bit more about how, the, uh, you know, how it is that uh, uh, our religious freedoms, at least those of us as you know, citizens on the streets, have less, have less religious freedom than people who are in prison. But with that, I think we're ready to go to the break, Rachel, and uh, we'll stay with us for more Real Presence Live. We're talking with Christopher Dodson, the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, and we're talking about the new legislation, or the, the, the legislative session that's coming up. Or maybe it's already started. No. January? January. <laughs> okay. Next week. I'm retired. I don't have to know what date it is. <laughs> <laughs> or day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. 
Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Through baptism and confirmation, we receive the Holy Spirit of power and truth, who then equips us for mission with ordinary and extraordinary graces and gifts necessary for the building of the kingdom. Sometimes those graces, though totally effective, lie dormant like chocolate in a glass of milk, waiting for our faith and understanding to stir them up. If left inactive, the chocolate often settles at the bottom of the glass. It's still there, but it's not imparting flavor to the milk. So what are we to do? Call upon the Holy Spirit and stir those graces out of the bottom into the milk of our lives. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life today, and He will continue to renew you and animate your life with power and love. Don't let your expectations limit the Lord and His Holy Spirit. Expect Him to act through you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. You heard it by the announcement. We're inspirational and uplifting here on Real Presence Live this morning. We're talking to Christopher Dobson, the Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. And I think, Doreen, you had a question for Christopher that we're kind of talking during Great. the break. We're going to back up just a little bit um, to uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, but still we have a woman has a right to an abortion if and her life is in danger or if she has been raped. Uh, or in, uh, become pregnant through incest. Um, how often do those women seek abortions, and where do they happen in North Dakota? Uh, well, first I want to make clear that right now any abortion would be legal in oh, North okay. Dakota because of those lawsuits mm-hmm. um, until we see what happens with those cases or new legislation. Um, but the clinic has moved to Minnesota, so if we don't know of any abortions happening. Uh, rape and incest abortions are, 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 we know from national statistics, are very low. Um, I forget, it's like 2% maybe. Uh, life of the mother is very rare. In North Dakota, those type of abortions would be done in hospitals. Only four abortions have been done in hospitals in North Dakota in the last 10 years. Wow. So, um the idea that uh, abortions are common in hospitals and if, you know, all these emergency situations, uh, they have to report those by law. So the data that is reported by law shows that they're very, very uncommon. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, because it seems like the idea of the mother's health, uh, our life being in jeopardy, 
because of a, a pregnancy is you know kind of one of the big boogeymen they always bring up you know in the uh, in the debates or mm-hmm. you know in the advertising uh, you know to promote a, a abortion and it, you know, and like you say it's right. it's very rare yeah that's 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 interesting but they they certainly take advantage of that and uh, you know raise that specter all the time but uh, okay well right. yeah okay well they I, like to play. Fear yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I want to go back to talking about the uh, religious freedom that we were talking about, and uh, you know, uh, can you give us, you know, maybe a little clearer idea of how it is that, you know, a, a, a person in the penitentiary has more religious freedom than uh, than you or me? Well, uh, prior to nineteen ninety or ninety one, I'm forgetting my dates right now. Religious freedom had the greatest, what we call the greatest type of level of protection in constitutional law, what we call strict scrutiny. It, it's where, you know, it's, it's the strongest level of protection. Uh, but the Supreme Court ruled that year that if a law is, um, is, doesn't mention religion on its face and is applied to everybody, religious and non-religious activity, um, it could, it could burden religion. And so then the federal government and states started acting enacting what they called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. There were state referents and there were federal referents. When you hear about cases being won at the Supreme Court, like Hobby Lobby and other cases like that, that's not based on the Constitution. It's based on the federal referent law. So North Dakota never enacted one of those um, laws. Uh, but last legislative session, when everyone was concerned about religious freedom and emergency orders, well, the conference saw an opportunity to uh, put the RIFRA language in those emergency order laws, saying that you could not burden religion um, under a health order. And people were mentioning that there were trouble getting religious uh, services, such as communion and confession at the prisons, so we added that, and it passed. So (laughs) they ended up with that type, that level of religious protection. The next step is, I think, well, that's what everybody deserves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So hopefully this will be the chance. Right. Well, then... um you know, I, I would imagine in the legislative session coming up, the gender issues have to be somewhere on the agenda. What can, they are what? definitely on the agenda. <laughs> yes, well, tell us about that. What's going on? Uh, I expect a number of bills um, dealing with gender issues. We had the girls' sports protection last session. It was in, uh, passed by both chambers, but vetoed by the governor, and there was not a two-thirds vote to override the governor's veto. That could be back. Um, People are concerned about what's happening in the schools. There'd be some legislation about that. Um, I think at a minimum, and talking to our bishops about this, at a minimum, we need to protect parental rights Um, so that we know that one of the school districts in North Dakota prohibits teachers from telling the parents what the expressed gender of the child is while they're at school. 
uh, that can't happen. No. And so I think there will be a bill for protect parental rights. And also the first speech right, the, I mean, the, the free speech right of teachers uh, when it comes to using pronouns uh, and such, and public employees, um, that they should not be forced to use, um, you know, someone's expressed pronoun if it you know, violates, uh, you know, their beliefs. And that should end punishment of a state employee or government employee for doing that should be a form of discrimination. Um, so, at, at a minimum, I think we need to do that, but I think that there's also going to be bills dealing with some of the um, more of the teaching things, uh, the bathroom issues. Um, right now, I think we could see maybe five bills or something, unless they consolidate some of them. Addressing this issue at at a different level. Parents, parents are upset. I think that's very clear. And uh, gender, this gender ideology is a false ideology. But, um, gender is based on biology, and it's set from the moment we are conceived biologically. And to force others to believe differently uh, is a great concern in addition to the false ideology itself. Do you think the legislature is inclined to, um, you know, support, uh, you know, parents in, in these efforts? I think at a minimum, the a parental rights type thing is, would be the most popular. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to think of, uh, you know, uh, what would be the thinking behind a teacher not being able to tell a parent that your child has told me that uh, he thinks, he, you know, he's a girl or, you know, has leanings or, in that way. With or, the, or developing a whole school policy around one student without the parent even knowing. Right. Right. Would the parental right um, go the other way, too, if the parent wanted? Could the parent demand that... a a teacher or school system use the pronouns chosen by the child? I don't think they should, and uh, the legislation I've seen would prohibit that because okay. Okay. It, it wouldn't, it, the teacher would be protected yeah. oh, okay. under the law right. for being forced to use an expressed pronoun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even would, if the parent wanted it. That would go against, that would go mm-hmm. against the parents' free speech rights, I think. The teachers. Right. Yeah, the teachers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, um, let's see. Are there any other education-related issues out there? I I think we're going to see a strong interest in uh, parental choice in education, some way of helping parents uh, financially to choose the best educational setting for their own children. Um, I think this could be the year we have some kind of school choice passed. There's more interest than ever before. And the trick is how to draft it, and the details of those programs can get tricky. So we have a lot of work to do. Would that, would, that, um, would that allow in North Dakota charter schools? No. Oh. Um, because that's, that's separate. We would need separate legislation for charter schools. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> North Dakota doesn't doesn't allow charter schools. 
I would suspect, though, that you would get some opposition to a bill like that from, uh, you know, the uh, the public schools or maybe the the, the teacher unions. Always. We had we had a, they usually bring up the state's Blaine Amendment, which prohibited um, money from going to sectarian schools. Um, but the attorney general just ruled that the Blaine Amendment is now unconstitutional under the federal constitution. Hmm. They have one less um, thing to throw at us. You know, with all this, these things happening out there in the legislature, you know, it's it's stuff that's going to affect all of us. How do, how can people stay informed? Uh, Well, a number of ways. Read the newspapers, read what's going on, and definitely check um, the North Dakota Catholic Conference website, that's ndcatholic.org. And if they haven't signed up for our newsletter, we send out a newsletter every week during the session updating on what's going on. And the website has also action alerts, and definitely the Facebook page, because of the fast pace, um, we can put something up on Facebook right away, um, rather than waiting for that weekly newsletter. Okay. Is there a more effect? Is is one way of contacting our legislators more effective than others? Like email, a handwritten letter. Well, yeah, handwritten letter is always the best, but it's not the best in North Dakota during the session because we move so fast. By the okay. time they might get a letter, that bill might have changed. Sure. Right. Okay, you got phone calls and emails are still the best. You, okay. You've got about 15 seconds. Uh, Christopher, do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, pray for us. Pray for the success of the Responding with Love proposals to help women and children. And um, pray for our legislators. Okay. Will do. Remember to do that. Okay, we're going on break. But before that, next, on the other side of the break, we'll be visiting with the Dr. Kevin Vost about how the moral virtues can lead us to both spiritual and physical health. More Real Presence Live right after this break, so stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 